This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Vibrant Raw Living. I'm your host, Victoria Madian. Join me on a journey of discovering your infinite potential. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, I wanted to talk about making peace with your past. Many of us have things from our past that we're not necessarily proud of, or maybe things went in a direction that we didn't plan. You know, we can't necessarily get that time back, but there are positive lessons that we can learn from those experiences. I feel like letting go sometimes is a really important step and oftentimes is a really important step in moving forward. But I think before that can happen, making peace with the situation is really, really important. Even when things don't go as planned in our life, we can still choose to learn lessons from those experiences, as traumatic as they can be, and it can inform our decisions moving forward and we can try to find a balanced perspective in our life and come to a healthy state. I feel like sometimes if you don't take that approach, those experiences can burden you for a long time. And I understand it can be difficult when these experiences and sometimes traumatic experiences involve other people and you want to be able to get closure with that, but sometimes that's not always an option in a face-to-face setting. But there are ways I feel like spiritually or through prayer or, you know, through a lot of different ways that you can find healing and find a way to come to a state of peace. Yoga has been something that has been really, really instrumental in learning how to make peace with my past. There were a lot of things that I had to experience in yoga, a lot of emotions that I had to experience coming up. You know, when I was younger, discipline was something that absolutely consumed me. Like, I was so hard on myself, but also it got to a negative and judgmental place at times. There would be things that sometimes would happen in my outside life that I would be thinking about and would come into the yoga room. You know, I would go into the room to practice yoga, and this is something super common that happens with everybody pretty much who practices at some point or another throughout their practice is, you know, your mind is constantly going and thinking about all these different things that you have to do, thinking about things that are stressing you out outside the yoga room. But what you have to do is just bring yourself back to that place, bring yourself back to that breath and focus on what you're doing in that moment and make peace and accept like whatever happened in your day, in your life, You know, before you got to that place where you are right now, standing before yourself, looking at yourself in front of the mirror, you have to make peace with that and know that everything that you've done up until that point has been your best. And if you genuinely don't feel like or you feel like you could do better, then there's always an opportunity to find a way to improve your habits for the next opportunity that that particular situation may come about. It's normal for us when we're in a process of doing something where we have to focus. Sometimes things will come up from our past that we don't necessarily feel comfortable acknowledging 
But there are ways to journal about it. There are ways to talk to somebody about it. There's ways to just literally let it come up and to think about it, talk about it with somebody. Maybe, you know, go online, find someone who's been through a similar situation, see like how they've dealt with it. It reminds me of being at a dance convention or in a dance classroom where people are improving. They have the experience of watching other people's approach to the music expressing how they're feeling. We all go through a lot of traumatic things in our life. Like some people don't go through a lot of trauma, but you know, sometimes we can, and that's a reality of life. It's something that can happen. And whether it's really negative experiences in a relationship or family things that happen, you know, things that happen with friends, there's always a lot of sensitivity and there's always a lot of compassion that we can bring to our relationships with people to allow those to heal and move forward in a positive light. But at the same time, we can use that compassion towards ourselves and moving forward and come to a place of acceptance and peace with what has happened and be present with the opportunity that we have now to make the most of it. You know, on another episode, I talked about awareness, acceptance, and appreciation being, you know, a practice that I keep in my life where I get really aware of what's going on in the moment and I bring myself to that moment. You know, I appreciate what the moment has to offer and I really make the most out of it. It's a practice that's helped me move forward from a lot of things in my past. And I think yoga has been really important in that. You know, there were even times where I noticed the subtle shifts happening, that inner talk changing, where I would come to a place of self-appreciation in the room, where I would be so grateful that I came to class and that would be what I focused on. Everything else would be left outside. So, you know, if you have a meditative or creative type practice that you keep in your life that you can go to and you can give yourself to that fully, that's a great way to use that as an outlet in regards to moving forward in your life and making the most out of the time that you do have. When I look back on my career as a dancer, like I'm really grateful to have had success and pursued the things that I want to in my life. You know, I feel that dance is something that's very important to me. It's something that I'm very passionate about and it has been a growth process over the course of my entire life. I've dealt with injuries, I've dealt with setbacks, I've dealt with, you know, drama that comes up within the dance realm and so many different levels of it, but you know, and there are ways in which sometimes I contributed to those things happening and other times where I was completely innocent of making any decisions that I knew were going to be harmful to another person or to myself. You know, when I was a young performer, there were times where I might have screwed up on stage or forgot certain things or did the wrong arm or went a little bit early and I would get, you know, talked to about that. And that's that's pretty normal. I think you learn that next time you need to practice a little bit harder or you need to work on those details or you just need to get in control of yourself and your breathing, you know, before you go on stage so that you're very, very focused. And, you know, that developed um, into very, very disciplined habits, you know, learning from those mistakes know, turned me into a performer where I would use the competitive experience to 
you know, expose myself to the judges in the sense that I would show my routine to them as far as what I had worked on and the multiple routines I had worked on to go to competitions. And I was willing to receive feedback. I was willing to receive their opinion, you know, understanding that it was these judges' opinion and there's a lot of other people out in the world. Like, you know, I went on stage as a performer knowing that I was enough in that moment as a human being and going on stage to receive criticism for my performance was separate from that. And I think that's something that I really emphasize with my dancers too, because when it comes to making peace with the outcome of your performance, that can be something that can be a little bit tumultuous. If you are judged or ranked lower than somebody else or higher than somebody else, that can get to your head. It can affect your ego. You might think you're better than someone or like worse than someone. And it can really take away from the whole purpose of the competition itself, which is to compete with yourself to do better each and every time and learn from the lessons that you experience throughout that whole competition when you're there and the lessons that you learn with the other dancers that you're working with at that time. Um, you know, there were times where I feel like I really needed to adjust my attitude when I had been used to working with certain choreographers for a while and then new choreographers came into the studio, they expected a different level of discipline from us. Um, and it was one of the best things that ever happened because I think it made me respect my instructors even more and realize that maybe, you know, some of us were a little bit too relaxed with our thoughts and our, you know, discipline and that that could have been improved and there was room for improvement and acknowledging that allowed for a lot of growth to take place. You know, there's sometimes where we are in the wrong and we are not being respectful to the needs that need to be met by someone maybe who is in more of a director or, you know, like above us in some way, you know, and really when I'm talking about this with dance, you know, there were other directors and choreographers that I worked under that I had to learn boundaries with them in regards to what they expected and what I needed to do and what I needed to not do. Every single person, every single teacher has a very different style in how they approach what they do. And even when you take that out into life, you know, if you're you're working maybe different jobs or you have different managers or you have, you know, different team structures, whatever you're doing, there's always going to be that element of finding your place in all of that. And things can come up. Things from your past can come up from past times that you might have worked with people and it might not have been a positive experience. But if you're able to learn from those experiences and change how you bring that energy that you have to the situation and make it a positive experience for everybody, you know, say you were in a group situation on a team and someone was very disrespectful and not pulling their weight and not being responsible for their share of a project. And then moving forward, you know, other people had to pick up the slack. I'm sure most people have kind of experienced a situation like that where, you know, either they've been working with somebody who either is super overwhelmed with the amount of work that they have to do or they're just not really 
invested and they don't really care on helping the project move forward. You know, there are ways to move forward and learning from that and saying, you know, in the next project, holding everybody really accountable and setting specific deadlines and kind of um, keeping things in check as far as what can be happening so that everybody's motivated and progressively moving forward. Certain directors that I danced under, they've expected a lot of me in different ways. And I think the best directors that I've worked under have been very clear with what their expectations are up front. And I think setting those boundaries and those expectations of the dancers that they're going to be working with up front really is important. And it shows that they have some experience and when it's effective and when it is positive, then it's a really wonderful experience. You know, I've worked under directors who varied in degrees of being organized and having, you know, letting us know what's to be expected at what time, what's needed at what time. And that has been really helpful in regards to helping everything move forward in the studio. If you have that structure in your life, then you can get a lot more done. And when you're working with someone who expects good things from you and you're able to rise to the occasion, understand what that expectation is and meet it, you grow as an individual as well. And I think when you learn those lessons in your life, you can apply that into your life, set goals for yourself, set boundaries for yourself, and not boundaries that will hold you back in your life, but like setting some structure up that way you can have a happier life and focus on creating positive habits and things that will allow you to move forward. You know, if you have worked with people in your past that are not that way, I feel like it's always an opportunity. You always have an opportunity to seek out things that will allow you to experience that and improve your own habits. When I think about a lot of the things that I've been through in regards to making my peace with my past with food. There's a lot that comes up. Several conversations even that I've just had with students of mine and parents of my students within the past, I would say maybe four or five days have really made this apparent to me in how much I've changed. And um, I think uh, when I first went vegan... And started to look at a lot of the documentaries that were pulling back the curtain behind what was going on in the food industry and the amount of torture and suffering that animals go through and how that whole process works. Um, I have to cite probably Earthlings was the most traumatizing, but the most informative. And I definitely don't have any regrets about watching that film. You know, it was really difficult to sit at a dinner table where people were eating steak or meat or chicken and not look at that and have those images triggered in my head of that suffering. And for a long time, it even put me off eating and I could not even eat dinner with my family for a period of time because I was just, it literally affected me on such a deep level. You know, I think that was something that I had to work through. There were a lot of thoughts that came up in my head, you know, thinking about torture. You know, I didn't grow up vegan. I've eaten meat. I've eaten a lot of different stuff. One of the um, 
parents that I was talking to this past weekend, I was discussing how I had gone to one of my favorite raw vegan restaurants here in San Diego called Peace Pies, and they had made this dessert that was a Pop-Tart, and it tasted just like a Pop-Tart. It was absolutely crazy, and I'm pretty sure they're going to be making them a lot more often now. But, you know, one of the parents was like, you know what a Pop-Tart tastes like? And I was like, yeah, I still, you know ate, you know, all that stuff growing up. You know, I ate, you know, microwave food. I ate all kinds of stuff. So it's like I don't have like this completely raw vegan, super pure, whatever diet, like from the beginning of my life until now, you know, it's been a transition and there's ways that I enjoy it now. That in itself really allows me to accept that people are able to change. Like, I mean, I've seen it in myself that you can have these things that you like eating, but then learn to like other things a lot more and really feel how much your body responds to that and how much you enjoy it. Not just the consumption of it, but how you feel afterwards, how you perform, how you feel the next day. Like all of those things, I feel like really, really come into play. And when you think about the industries that you're supporting, it's something that's super important as well. But going back to the things that um I went through, you know, there were years of my life where I purchased and consumed animal products. And there was a point where I had to make peace with that and let it go and not be hard on myself and, you know, just choose to make different purchases and different decisions as well, because that energy of being so hard on myself caused me to be really hard on other people in my life in a negative way and really view them in such a way and judge them rather than, you know, really focusing on creating change in my life and moving in a positive direction by focusing on what mattered to me now. And, you know, just this past weekend, I was at the dance studio and one of my students had brought some lunch and I was eating my lunch as well because I had a little break and she was like oh like I have my lunch and stuff but you probably won't like it I'm like it's not a big deal like come eat with me you know like I've eaten chicken fingers before it's not a big deal so you know she sat and ate her food with me and I didn't have a problem with it I think you know at this point I've really gotten to the point where I understand that not everybody in the world has been exposed to some of the information that I've been exposed to um, that's helped shape who I am today so you know I can't judge myself in the past for making certain decisions that I did with food that maybe, you know, I wasn't fueling myself with the most appropriate fuel for my body. Definitely. I mean, I got a lot of signals of that, a lot of digestive issues, a lot of health problems. Like those were signs that I learned from to make positive changes and create that change in my life. But am I going to sit there and judge my student and say like, she's contributing to animal cruelty? Like, you know, maybe some people could see it from that way. But it, in my perspective, I'm like, that's what she knows at that point. And for me personally, like whenever I am at the dance studio, I always bring extra food with me because my students always want to eat what I'm eating. So <laughs> they know how how I live and how I eat. I'm very open with that about about that with them. And, you know, I just shared some of my food with her and she really enjoyed it. And, um, you know, it, it opens them up and I think it allows them to associate being healthy with someone who really is passionate about it and, 
cares about them, you know, because I do care about my students. I care about them enough that I want to share the good things that I've learned in my life and the positive things that I've learned in my life with them, whether that's feeding them fruit or feeding them like my knowledge that I've gained over the years. And even what I share through my podcast, you know, it's like I want to share things that I've learned over the course of my life because I have changed a lot. There's stuff that happens (laughs) and we can choose to be really hard on ourselves when all of that comes up or we can choose to be a little bit compassionate and say, you know what, the truth of the matter is other people probably don't care as much about it as you do. Like we're more hard on ourselves than anybody else usually. And I think we don't realize sometimes how that negative self-talk in our head can project out onto other people. If we're being hard on ourselves, you know, let's take the example that I had from my past with eating animal products or whatever. You know, some of you even listening might be still consuming animal products and that's that's where you're at there's nothing to feel bad about that you know if that's what you're choosing to do that's what you're choosing to do and and you always have an opportunity to change that if you want to if you are choosing to eat however you're eating now then that's you know you're making the best out of what you have out of the knowledge that you know the resources that you have on hand that's fine you know and even if you feel nervous about making that change and moving forward i feel like Making peace with our past is also acknowledging cultural things, too. I mean, for me, I fully understand how it can come off disrespectful if I'm not wanting to eat, you know, my grandmother's food or something like that. It's like these are recipes that she knows how to make. She grew up eating like she understands how to make this. And like there's a lot of, you know, energy that goes into that. Like I fully understand that. However, that's not how I choose to eat. You know, I don't eat really like traditional Persian food anymore. And I grew up eating so much of it. I don't really grow up eating like pizza and hot dogs and chips and hamburgers and all that kind of stuff either. Like, but I found substitutes for that that obviously are nothing like the original, but I move forward in my life making a better decision for my health because of that. And I understand it can be difficult for people to do that when they're stuck in situations where it's like, okay, well, I'm still living with my parents and this is what they want me to eat, or this is the cultural food that's a part of, you know, my heritage. You know, I feel like for some reason, the first thing that comes to mind is like Indian food, like, you know, from India, like with all the spices and all that kind of stuff. I feel like it's a very cultural experience to have the particular type of bread and all the different dishes that are made. It's central to the culture. I feel like it's so important to the culture. There's so many ideals that are tied into the food as well. Like there's a lot going on there. And I think if you want to make a decision or even, you know, East Asian culture where it's a lot of rice and vegetables and things like that, like that's a part of our past. That's a part of our history as human beings. It's a part of a lot of people's present as well because they're bringing that with them into the present. And I think there are other things that we can realize that the past offered us, right? The past offered us industrialization, which contributed to a multitude of things. There was more transport of food. There was easier accessibility to food. There was more trade. You know, it's like we can go into a grocery store and buy cucumbers that were grown in Mexico in the United States any time of the year. It's like in this present moment, we have so much access 
so much more access than we ever had in the past to cleaner foods, to more fresh fruits and vegetables, to more organic produce. And we have an option to be feeding that supply and demand type of situation rather than sticking with the past model of consuming a lot of products that are, you know, detrimental to our health. You know, there are maybe even people who have businesses or family businesses that have carried on for a long time, like dairy farms or things like that, where that's what they know. That's what their skill is. They're trained in it. They understand it. That's you know, where a lot of the money is invested. But, you know, there are also some dairy farmers who choose to completely change their life. You know, T. Colin Campbell and Caldwell Esselstyn both came from farms and they're some of the most prominent doctors who promote a plant-based diet and offer quite a bit of peer-reviewed research to support that, you know, and they're at peace with their past. They understand that they grew up thinking one thing and then their whole paradigm shifted, you know, thinking that milk was, you know, the perfect food for humans and then realizing in so many ways that it's really not, you know, and I think when you're open-minded to that paradigm shift to things not always being what they seem, there's a lot of growth that can come from that. Being that my brother also works in defense, there's a lot of ways in which communicating with him is very different than maybe a lot of people that I know think about the world and war and defense. And it's very enlightening to me. You know, I might have had this idea in the past that everybody should hold hands and be friends with each other and just, you know, have this utopia type of world, which I don't really feel like I've ever come to that place of really thinking that. But You know, there are times where you're just like, why can't everyone just get along? You know, there are a lot of people that I know as vegans that are very anti-war. They're very, you know, they have their opinions about it. And I acknowledge that there is a business aspect to war that, you know, people have to buy and supply weapons and stuff. That's a part of the process that takes place. And a lot of people might not understand the importance of that or see how that actually creates a lot of jobs. You know, if you have a fighter jet and someone's making the screws for that fighter jet and a particular, you know, the U.S. government might invest a lot of money in that fighter jet to a company that is making the screws for that jet, that company now has maybe $2 million to do something else with. And they might be able to develop another product that helps a person who works in medicine. They might be able to develop a type of screw that goes into knee replacements that will be very long-lasting and durable, and that can help people walk, you know. So there's a lot of different ways, I think, when you really peel back the layers of the onions, how you can create a different perspective on the things that you know and what you might have even thought in the past. Because there's a lot of things, you know, in regards to change that start in our mind. There are a lot of things that start in our mind as far as what we're capable of, what we can do in our life, and what we can let go of. You know, I think another thing is, you know, if you've been through a past of violence or dealing with people who are narcissists in your life, dealing with abuse. I know that that's something that's so prominent in the media right now is people coming out and talking about things that happened in their past that are maybe not the most positive that shaped them and 
made them feel actually really isolated and alone and hurt and damaged and, you know, fear for their lives, like, and not be, you know, just feel like they can't even function normally. You know, I think, um, I'm proud of people coming forward and talking about that and making peace with it and coming to a place where they're like getting out of a victim mindset and into a survivor mindset, I feel like is very important. And we can apply that when we're making changes in our life. If we come from a past of abusing substances, we can learn from those experiences and move forward in our life so that we don't create more pain um, in our life to ourselves and the people that we are around and love and live live with and contribute to, we can see the positive things in that. And there's good that can come from bad situations. And I think I never wish bad situations to come upon anybody. And I think learning from difficult situations is a part of life. I think good things happen to people every day, but also bad things happen to good people all the time as well. And it can be really confusing to move past those times and come to a place of gratitude when you're like, why did this happen? This should not have happened to me. I don't understand what brought this into my life. When we take time to investigate what role we played in that whole situation, understand what other people's roles were in the situation and come to a state of understanding about it. Sometimes I feel like that's what it means when people say, you'll feel better soon. It just takes time. It just takes time for that healing, for that process to take place. It may take time, but it also takes a lot of effort and investigation and inner work and really investing in understanding yourself, understanding what things have you been through in your life that hold you back from moving forward and discovering more of what you're capable of. I literally encourage you to, even if you have access to pen and paper or just, you know, if you have your phone handy, to pause this podcast or open up a notes page, you know, and jot down some things that you've been through in your life that have been really troubling for you. And it might be really painful to think about those times. It's something you can meditate on. It's something you can think about. Even just acknowledging those things and thinking about how they might be affecting other areas of your life. Thinking about where you actually want to go. How you want to create something amazing out of those experiences. Making the best of those experiences. That's an important process. I feel like we each have an opportunity to experience in our life because I have students of mine and a particular student of mine who comes and she's adopted. I don't know if she knows her birth parents. The routine which I've choreographed for her this year really, from my perspective, allows her to tap into that energy of what sometimes it might feel like to be alone to not have anybody who really understands what you're going through and to feel isolated and feel maybe a little bit uncomfortable in your situation and feeling like, why did this happen to me? Why did my parents not want to raise me? Why did, why do I, um, why am I different from other kids? And there's a lot of different ways that could be applied, but I encouraged her with her performance to make peace with that, to realize that she's come to an incredible place in her life where, sure, those thoughts, those things might still come up for her, but at the same time, I feel like I gave her a routine where she can express and inspire others 
to connect back with themselves and take charge of their life instead of feeling lost in their thoughts and really alone in the world, they can actually make the best of it. And, you know, to imagine that maybe when we're in our rooms or in our bathrooms or when we're in our home or times when we're in our car driving all by ourselves or caught up in practices where we're isolated and thoughts start to come up and you just feel really alone and really overwhelmed. It can be almost debilitating and paralyzing when you feel all of that. But if you're able to give movement to it, if you're able to fully feel that emotion, not run away from it, not try to numb it, make peace with it, you actually then have an opportunity to move forward in your life making something beautiful out of it. You know, I encouraged my student to perform her dance as if there were other people that were adopted that were in the audience watching her and they're maybe from all different parts of the world and maybe they came from a different part of the world and are now in America or anything you know just like picturing people that maybe could understand your situation or where you're coming from maybe not 100% of it but maybe more so than another person and perform it for them Think about the person that was inside, you know, like your inner child and what advice you would want to give to them so they could move forward. What would you perform? How would you perform in such a way where you can take the pain and frustration you may feel and make something amazing out of it and inspire somebody else to move forward in their life and be passionate about something and realize that what's happened to them isn't something that should hold them back. It's something that they can use as a point to be like, yeah, I went through this. I'm currently going through this, whatever it may be. I'm still here and this is how I'm working through it. This is how I'm continuing to cope with my daily life. These types of things, you know, I feel like we're all here and, you know, we, to a certain extent, you know, you can't really survive without community. I'm sure you can in some respects, but like I feel like really to have a healthy place, mindset, state of well-being, it really takes doing that inner work, finding people, surrounding yourself with people that care about you, that genuinely um, want to see you succeed. That takes time. That takes a lot of active searching, but it's like an economic exchange. If you're your own isolated island, Sure, maybe you can create a lot of your own resources, grow your own food, drink your own water from your clean lakes and all this kind of stuff, but you're not going to know what else is out there. Contrasting to if you develop a product and you're able to share it with some other part of the world, you know, from your little island and you're able to create a way to share that. Similar to if you have your own ideas and thoughts and beliefs and experiences of how you've made the best out of the land of your body that you have, then you can share that with another individual and maybe they can offer you something in exchange that will allow you to create more as well. And you don't have to see it as, oh, this person's taking something from me or they are not being, um, you know, that you're losing something. It's really giving with the opportunity to learn something, developing that, cultivating that. And, you know, I think America is one of the most amazing countries in the world because 
were wonderful at business. And I'm sure there are people who could disagree with me on this, but there are a lot of things that we're able to do in regards to business and development in the United States that other countries don't have capabilities to do. I feel like there's so many reasons why people want to come to America and start their life here because it is a land of opportunity. And although I think people might say that the system can fail others, I've seen people, you know, especially people in my own family that have been able to really make the best out of their life and the experience here and how much that really does start from your mindset. You know, my dad me is an immigrant to this country and he's built a, an amazing life for himself. And that's been his hard work and his mindset and his determination to make things happen. And, um, you know, he made peace with his past that he you know, was leaving his country and had to move to a completely new place and start fresh and make peace with this is where he's going to live now. This is what he's going to do now. And this is what he's going to make the best of. I feel like when your heart is kind of lost between the two places where you are and where you want to be or where you wanted to be and thinking that you should be back where you started, which is, you know, can be the case sometimes. That connection of coming back to the present moment and making peace with whatever happened in your past is so important because if you do utilize the present moment, you can make so much out of what is available to you. And there are so many ways in which you can do this. I think using your creativity, exposing yourself to different kinds of creativity. If you don't find that you're a creative person, there are different ways to move through things. And I feel like that's a totally separate podcast in itself. But just the concept of making peace with your past is so important because it allows you to become more of who you can truly become. It allows you to learn lessons from your past, things that you might otherwise regret. It allows you to improve who you are and who you will become in all aspects, your relationships, your friendships, your relationship to yourself, all of these things. Even if you think it's not possible, you can choose to believe that it is possible and find a way to make it happen because it can bring so much positivity into your life. Thank you for tuning in to Vibrant Raw Living. Remember that you are just as worthy, deserving, and capable of achieving and maintaining your dreams as much as anyone else. If you have found this podcast useful, please subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud and share it with your friends and family. You can find links to my Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Pinterest, and Snapchat in the show notes below. And if you'd like to follow me for updates, which I only share via email, come on over to my website at victoriamadian.com. I love you and I'm wishing you a wonderful day. Go out there and discover your infinite potential. The Specialty Produce app is the world's number one handheld resource on produce. The app features photographs, recipes, geography and history, taste and culinary applications on over 1,900 produce items. From apples to zapote, we've got your produce questions answered. Our app is available for both iPhone and Android. Download our app for free today.